Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hello and welcome back to Lift the Lid, the podcast that takes you flat out around the world of Formula One. I'm Billy Munger and, and I'm Johnny Herbert. And we're back again, Johnny, post-Hungary and leading into Spa. Yeah. I don't normally like to, you know, big you up too much, Johnny, but I think we should start off with the last race we just had. Yes. Predictions were made. Yes, they were. Normally, we're very unsuccessful at these predictions. We are, Billy. But for once, go on, take the credit. Max Lando Sergio, boom, got it right. Cool, thank goodness. Thank goodness we've actually got there in the end. One of us got it right. Nailed the podium. Yeah. Mate. It was impressive, I've got to say. Again, they, these have been so difficult because it's been so up and down. And even actually as I was watching the race, I honestly thought Sergio was going to have enough pace in that Red Bull to to get past Lando, but thankfully, for me anyway, thankfully he ran out of tyres and he wasn't able to challenge. I've got to say, I was pretty excited on that first lap when Oscar got into second place as well. I was yeah. thinking, hello, Oscar Piastri, that curveball, that one that, you know, you gave me so much stick about. I thought he's on for a, a blind <laughs> here, but obviously turned out in the end that he uh, dropped down the order a little bit, but still... Yeah, good good results coming in recently for McLaren. You got to say. Well, again, I think as we spoke before, it's 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 a totally different track than we had in Austria, uh, and we had at Silverstone. And again, the car seems to be able to work wherever uh, it's put on track. So for the both drivers, that's fantastic. And of course, for Oscar fans and Lando fans especially, it's just brilliant to see that McLaren seem to be on a very good direction. Now that's a good direction for this season. Now, let's hope that is something they can work on towards next year and start so, so strong and then put themselves in a completely different situation that they found the beginning of this season. So let's let's hope it all works out for them. But it's looking good at the moment. Very good. Yeah, it's definitely looking good for the rest of this season, the development they've done with that calf. Considering where, when you think about the start of the season and where they were as a team, they've definitely had yeah. the, the most upward trajectory and probably found the most pace you know, during this season than any other team, which shows that you know the team are capable of of working well during that a hectic season that you have in Formula One now with so many races. Yeah, he does, Billy. And I, and I think the positive thing as well, of course, you're up against the likes of, of Mercedes. You're up against the likes of Ferrari um, and the, with Aston Martin throwing in there as well. And they're actually being able to beat them at the moment on that, that on race as well. uh, with the development. Yeah, so so it's brilliant to this see. This is all pure pace, isn't it, Johnny? Yeah, it is. But it, it's it's good because obviously, hopefully, that's something that will 
trigger the next um, updates that will actually put them in a, in a stronger position. Finally, I hope anyway, finally for someone to actually really properly challenge uh, the Red Bulls. Yeah, because as much as those upgrades have you know done a lot of work for them, you know putting themselves up the order. Max Verstappen out in Hungary last time out still won the Grand Prix by over thirty seconds. Yeah, you know he didn't get the pole position. They brought up braids, and it seemed like he was really unhappy with the balance of his car that he had on Ugh. Saturday. But come Sunday, it was business as usual, if not one of his best performances of the season. Yeah, I, I think it was. I think Sunday was completely different. But wasn't it good to see someone finally really taking it to them on that very last lap with Lewis Hamilton getting that pole position? It was, it was, mighty, it was yeah. great seeing that, and I think we're all hoping. Hopefully, that will be something that will go in go on to Sunday but it didn't quite happen Lewis had a bad start so he really put himself on the back foot straight away but actually they didn't have the pace anyway uh, to be able to challenge Max because Max was just I think he just turned around didn't he going out of, out of turn one was like bye bye guys yeah as soon as you got a lead in that Grand Prix you thought yeah there's no way anyone's going to be able to come back past him now just with that race pace the Red Bull's got Sergio yeah. Perez again his teammate not worth a mention isn't it Johnny because you know, again, as difficult qualifying for him, you know, right down the pecking order. He made it into Q3 in Hungary. Yeah. Which is obviously, you know, a slight bonus. But being P9, it's pretty close to not making it into Q3 in reality uh, in terms of the actual starting position. But ended up finishing on the podium in third. Yeah. Well, again, he got he got through to Q3. But of course, he was sort of in the middle of the Aston Martins, which it, that's, he shouldn't be there. You know, he should be looking at the... I'm sure he is looking at the sharp end, seeing you know his teammates sort of right at the front anyway. So yeah, it was it was a better qualifying, but still a poor qualifying as well. But then typically it was Sergio, brilliant race, great pace, good overtakes, um, but he was always having to fight fight to get to that position to get that final podium position. If he'd started further up, for sure he would have beaten Lando. Yeah, he definitely could have been behind Max Verstappen, but the Red Bull Cup. Yeah, we can win the Grand Prix by over thirty seconds. If Checo starts in the top six, there he probably comes second, doesn't he? Yeah, definitely. I know, but that's where he's got to try and sort out the qualifying. It's funny how you start a season so so strong, your qualifying is looking very very positive, and then you lose it. And it's funny how it's taken him uh, what five races before he was able to get himself back into Q three. It, it amazes me sometimes how the brain works, and you have this block that doesn't allow you to sort of do the performances that you were originally doing at the beginning of the season. And then it's Max, your teammate, who's doing it every single time he gets in, in, in the cockpit. But his performances, as we both know, has been very, very poor uh, and frustrating, I'm, I'm sure, for Sergio fans. Um, but of course, it was a better situation after qualifying in Hungary. And hopefully that's where he's going to be able to capitalise on on a, on, a, on a confidence coming into uh, into Spa and qualifying, hopefully it'll be a better situation for him. Yeah, I think Spa's a circuit, you know, where Red Bull in previous years have had some some serious pace. I mean, yeah, we saw Max and Stafford and we're from fairly low on the grid um, and a little bit out of position <laughs> to where you normally win a Formula 1 great Grand Prix from. I mean, yeah, those Red Bull cars um, around Spa, they normally find another gear and you kind of almost think, well, if they're winning in Hungary by 30 seconds on the Sunday... Can they win by a minute? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's a circuit that really does, they do excel at. Uh, they do. And again, the only one thing that might throw a spanner in the works, I suppose, is the weather. Yeah, that's true. But I'll tell you what would be interesting as well is what the McLarens do. 
because obviously it's they've sort of worked very well in Austria at Silverstone, Hungary, completely different tracks. And Spa is another one of those high-speed corners, Silverstone-ish, I suppose, in in some ways. So it'd be interesting to see how how that sort of pans out as well. So yeah, it'll be very, very interesting to see exactly who can get a balanced car on a circuit, which is a driver's circuit, which is lovely. Yeah, there's a lot you can do at Spa with setup as well, isn't there, Johnny? Yeah. For the, you know, the listeners, you know, back at home, um, obviously the nature of Spa, you've got sector one and sector three where, you know, it's all about, you know, straight line efficiency where, you know, you want yeah. the downforce off so you can be as quick as possible in a straight line because that's where the, realistically the majority of the time is. And then you've yeah. got that middle sector that you mentioned, which is all about, you know, that Silverstone-esque, high-speed corners poo on you know yeah it's like a real driver's corner like you mentioned so how people are going to be sort of approaching that this weekend in terms of like the aero balance do you think they'll be a crank and a lot of downforce on from trying to help themselves out in that middle sector or the likes of a red bull who's already quick in a straight line they might do something different as well yeah well i think there's always that chart i think going back to i think sebastian i think when he was when he was there at Red Bull, occasionally you saw them go to Spa when the sort of the the power wasn't as good as it could be, but they had so much downforce that they can actually back off the downforce, get the speed back, but actually lose nothing in those Puyol middle sectors. So there are those opportunities for a, for a, maybe a slick car to be able to sort of crunch on a little bit more downforce. They don't lose too much down the straight, but they actually capitalise on that extra downforce in the middle sector so yeah i think there are going to be very interesting different setups going into qualifying which will obviously make a big difference in the race but of course the most important thing i think as we both know is still having the ability to keep a car behind down those long straights because obviously if you have more downforce you get more drag you're going slower you create a bigger hole you get sort of more chance of overtaking so it's really down to who can get the right balance of downforce um, and grip and being able to keep ahead of the car in front or being able to overtake the car that's in front of you with having a slick uh, car with straight line speed. So, yeah, there are cars out there that have that. I think the McLaren actually is quite a slick car, so it'd be interesting to see what they come up with in that middle sector. And if you mentioned slick cars, Johnny, I instantly think Williams and Alex Albon in terms mm. of, you know, that's a car True. where we've seen actually, and I think it was last year at Spa, as well as a few races this season, Canada being one of those as well where he didn't have the downforce of the other cars around him but slick and quick in a straight line like people in the DRS zones the main overtaking opportunity yeah. couldn't get past him and he was able to hold on his position and hold off quicker cars behind him so yeah like you say there's always those sort of tactical battles and you know you know being quick in a straight line at Spa is naturally a benefit come race day so yeah there's a a lot of a lot of factors um that come in yeah, a lot at Spa Obviously, as well, it's worth mentioning this weekend, it's a sprint race indeed. weekend. It is indeed. <laughs> we are currently recording this just after watching qualifying. Don't worry, guys. We've already, you know, our predictions <laughs> put out in this episode off the back of Johnny getting the top three right. We don't want people thinking that we're starting to cheat when it comes down to... <laughs> no, we're not. We wish we could. <laughs> These were made in advance, our prediction. But yeah, we have just seen the qualifying on the Friday now for for the, the Grand Prix on Sunday uh, with all the sprint race stuff that to come up on um, on Saturday. What did you make of, of qualifying, Johnny? Well, it was one of those. When we had Q2, of course, the circuit was sort of changing quickly as it always does in Spa. And it was a shame, actually. I was hoping that was going to happen in Q3. That would have been where it would have been really interesting as the track was dried. 
but um, Max, you know that lap. It's just, it's just, it's it's depressing. I think for everybody to to see how fast Max can be. You know, Sergio, he's a good job, but he's way off, way off his teammate. So it's just showing once again that Max is just on fire at the present time. But of course. He's not on pole position because he's got a penalty. Yeah, he's got a five-screw penalty for a gearbox taking another yeah. one over his allocated amount because he's already had four of them. That was his fifth for this weekend, which is one over what you're allowed. So five-place grip penalty, but with pace like he showed over one lap in qualifying just now, I mean, yeah. is it really going to make much of a difference? That 30 seconds he had in Hungary might be bigger. <laughs> might, be, might be a lot bigger. I'll tell you what was good. It was actually, it's the 20th, I don't know if it's class, is it? The 20th poll for Charles Leclerc? I don't know if that's actually now. A, that would be the point. That probably is, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Bit of a gift-wrapped one for Ferrari, wasn't it? <laughs> slightly gift-wrapped, slightly gift-wrapped. But although it's a tenth, it's still a good performance from Ferrari. Again, showing as we were discussing, you know, I, I probably wouldn't have expected Ferrari to be in that position because they haven't been there for so, so long. It's everybody else who's getting better. They're qualified for as a big... Great, has it recently? They've been no, slipping down not at all. the likes of the McLarens, the Mercs. You know, it, it's been a little bit of a tough couple of Grand Prix for Ferrari, but all of a sudden, you know, they seem to have come to a sprint race weekend and it's definitely these weekends seem to bring something out of them. They seem to have a car yeah. maybe that hits the ground running, you know, where where you'd normally have FP1, FP2, FP3. Sure. They come out one practice session straight into it and to be able to unlock a bit of potential. Yeah, which is, you know, something that uh, can happen. It's an engineer's nightmare because obviously there's no time on track to sort of get the job that they want to do done. Uh, but it does mix up the pack. You know, we've got, you know, Sergio Perez in third and it's it's a great performance, third position. Sounds great, but it's still eight tenths again. Yeah. Actually further than he would got in Hungary in yes. Hungary about five tenths off max and ended up yeah. obviously spars a longer track so you, the margins do sometimes get a little bit sure. bigger but but, but in, in the grand scheme of things yeah like you say he's eight tenths off his teammate yeah yeah. so so again it's a better as we were discussing before it's a better position to start but do we really think he's going to be able to beat Max I'm not so sure. Oh, that's what I was going to ask you, Johnny. You took the words right out of my mouth. I was going to ask you. Now he's technically starting on the front row and Max is going to be down in P6. Does this yeah. now present an opportunity for, you know, Sergio to go and win a Grand Prix off the back of not being able to get into Q3 for the last few Grand Prix? it's felt like? It's Spa. I think it's a track that he definitely seems to thoroughly enjoy. And I think that shows it what we've seen in qualifying. So I would expect him to be coming through very, very quickly. I would not be surprised. And it'd be interesting to see. Can he sort of do an Ayrton Senna type Donington first lap and grab the lead from his teammate from that point of view? That would be depressing, I think. If you were Sergio Perez and he passed you on, on that one, yeah, never know. One thing Max has got to watch out for, though, it being slightly in that pack is, you know, to not get any damage or not get caught up in of course. unnecessary battles you know we've got a long run up through our rouge radion along the camel straight where you know slip streams happen we've had it where we've been four wide down that straight on lap one before i remember um a few years back when we had sebastian vettel and a ferrari lewis hamilton and mercedes when they were really? right up the sharp end and that battle really you know almost kicked off and we've seen some you know some people lose front wing stuff like that so that's something 
do you think that'll be on the back of Max Steppen's mind? Do you think he'll be thinking that, oh, I need to do a lap one to stay out of trouble? Or do you think he's going to be all out attack? I, 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 the, the, I think the Max, I think we will all sort of see, will only be thinking one thing. He won't be thinking, oh, I've got to keep out of the way or I better not place the car here. He, he'll be going for it straight away, that's for sure. Now, we're going to see what happens. I meant that that ends and a lap. Uh, first lap at Donington. Again, it all depends what the weather does from, from that perspective. But if it's wet or dry, you're still going to see him try to get off that line as quick as he can, place himself uh, through uh, the first corner for that long, long straight down to the Camel Straight, and then hopefully, you know, get a bit of overtaking done there. Again, we were talking about slick cars. That Red Bull is a slick car anyway, even without the DRS. I know the DRS is a big advantage to them, but... Um, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be fascinating and damn interesting to see what he will what he would do. But for sure, he will be going for it because that's just that's just in his DNA. Do you, are we going to write anyone else winning the Grand Prix off completely? Like you obviously, Charles is starting on pole. I know Ferrari's race pace has been nowhere near the likes of Red Bull, but right. there are a track where. You could see a curveball where someone like Charles could hang on to the Grand Prix win. You know, a bit of straight line performance, trying to find a way to make it work. I mean, it feels like I'm, you know, rambling on a little bit, trying to come up with a way of yeah, someone else can win this Grand Prix. Well, if we look at what Sergio did in uh, in Hungary, it's a track that normally is, is quite difficult to overtake, but actually made the overtaking look fairly fairly easy, to be honest. Now, we're going to a track that overtaking is... A little, a lot easier. So that only makes it that much more simplistic for for Max from that point of view, which then makes it worse for everybody else who's trying to race against it. You know, Lewis is fourth, but again, you know, have they got that sort of raw pace to attack the Red Bull? No, no one has. No one has yet been able to get anywhere close. All we've seen is that that pole position lap from Lewis in Hungary. That's it. No one else has got anywhere near them. And that 30-odd seconds, he got 33 seconds, whatever it was in Hungary, I think was proof in the pudding. And again, today, it was proof in the pudding. Eight-tenths. Scary. Scary, scary, Marge. <laughs> scary. Who else Who else worth a shout-out? I mean, Oscar. This, I think you're right. She's thinking with the McLarens, they're a little bit further down than they have been recently. Sure. Well, yeah. Biastri, you know, out-qualifying Lando. You know, that's a good sign that a long track like Spa, you know, with the high speed nature of it, you know, as well as the slow speed corners, it's got a bit of everything. It is a driver's circuit, like you mentioned. The drivers love going there. And I think Oscar's going to be an even bigger fan of it after out-qualifying Lando. Yeah, and he was mighty in that middle sector as well, all the way through the qualifying. So again, that's that thing about the slickness they've got. They can sort of use a little bit more downforce in the middle. And sometimes you've got more downfalls on, you get a little bit more grip, but you get a massive am- amount of drag with it. Or it throws the balance off. And it throws the balance out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And the spa, oof, you don't want an, a, an unbalanced car there because it will bite and try and spit you off circuits. You want something planted at spa, don't you, mate? Yeah, yeah, yes, you do. Yeah, we saw it with, we saw it, Max, in qualifying, had a little moment, but we also saw it with uh, Saban Ocon, who sort of lost out in qualifying because he, he hit the wall. So it just shows once again that, you know, you can get caught up very, very easy on the Spa circuit. But from McLaren, again, really good. It's good that Oscar uh, is ahead of Lando, uh, but they're close as well, which is which is really good to see. And it just shows, also, I suppose, that you start to get comfortable with the with this situation that you find yourself in. And then you can do this type of performance, because I, I, I can't remember now, he's only, got, he's only out-qualified Lando 
up until this point only once. And we're getting to a point where he's getting more confident within the team. And actually the the performances uh, are getting getting better. But it's still Lando at the moment who is getting the best out of the car when it comes down to a Sunday. You know, this is great for Oscar. But you've got to be able to do it when it comes down to the Sunday race where the points is points are, are given out. Yeah, 100%. That's what Oscar will be looking to do is to secure some big points for McLaren and himself this weekend. Couple of other yeah. casualties, mate, in qualifying. You know, Daniel Ricciardo getting his lap time deleted, ending up not making it through, whilst yeah. his teammate Yuki Tsunoda is qualified in eleven. You know, after such good reintroduction to Formula One and the, all the positivity yeah. that was surrounding him uh, in Budapest in Hungary, all of a sudden, you know, Formula One is a brutal world and it bites back. And you know, he'll be thinking, "Oh, I could have sure." Potentially- been on the cusp of you know Q3 like you and now I'm sat having qualified 19. How many times have we said that? <laughs> lots, lot. lots and lots. Yeah. Only if <laughs> he did a good job in in Hungary. It wasn't sort of you know wow fantastic, but it was a good job, solid job, and that was his first time back in a Formula One car after sort of a year and a bit out of, out of one, and it was good. So you sort of expect well actually it'd be better the next time. You get back of the car because you're sort of feeling sort of back and everything else. And then you sort of make that tiny little error of getting your time deleted because you went off the circuit. And that's going to be something that he's going to be kicking himself, I'm sure, tonight. Because we saw how Sonoda has, you know, has done another good job again for the Alpha Tauri that seems to be up and down more than a more than a yo-yo. It's definitely not one of the most consistent cars on the grid, is it? No, it's not. But when it works, you know, it's not a bad, it's not a bad half car. But I think... It's just frustrating when it sort of doesn't work. But I think overall, yeah, Daniel will be very, very disappointed. But it's good for Sonoda mentally. I never made an error. I didn't I didn't make any mistakes. So that's why I'm actually on 11th on the grid and my teammates not. Yeah, no, he's definitely, he'll be, he'll be pleased with that one. Also worth talking about, yeah. you know, Nico Hulkenberg qualifying 20th because he's been incredible on a Saturday or well, a usual Saturday, which is qualifying day for most of the Grand Prix. Obviously, qualifying on the Friday for the sprint race weekend, it's yeah, a shame for him to lose that momentum because he's really been performing, hasn't he? Well, one lap pace. Yeah, he has. But again, the 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 the, the, the track was very tricky, and it was just one of those probably silly mistake. Probably look at it, it's probably a silly mistake that he probably shouldn't have got himself into. But that's what Spa conjures up sometimes. It really does sort of you know make life difficult for for any driver, especially when you're driving a a thousand horsepower around that circuit it, it can get very very tricky so it's a shame for him for Hasts, but they haven't had a bad run have they there's always going to be a little bit of a bad weekend and obviously hopefully this is going to be the one that uh that tests him when it comes down to the race itself but he's still got another little chance anyway with the with the sprint yeah let's let's get into the sprint a little bit obviously that is now what's coming up saturday is all sprint day so you sprint qualifying sprint race off the back of what we've seen in qualifying today, Johnny, what do you think is going to be the pecking order come tomorrow? Yeah, a difficult one. I'm just going to have a look at the weather. I'm just going to get my app to see what exactly what's going to be happening in Spa tomorrow. But I guarantee whatever it says, <laughs> that's true. That's true. Why am I bothering? I don't even know if I've got it in here. <laughs> no, I've got Shennington. I've got Shennington there. Neil Cart, Silverstone, no, no, Monte Carlo. No, I haven't got it in there anyway. So, again, if we have similar conditions today we can just see how quick that red bull is and how max is going to be if it's dry 
I don't actually see any difference. I think we're still going to see Max drive the wheels off of that car. I I think, and I don't know, I think that's maybe a better situation if it's dry, maybe for McLaren. I think that may be where they could probably utilise that um, positive uh, results they've got recently on a track that is where you can really push it and push it to the edge, and that's where they seem to have been able to to do that in the last three races. So they might benefit from a dry. I'm with you on that one. I think McLaren, if it's completely bone dry, should get better than they were today. Yeah, I think so. Again, we know you know the Ferrari is going to be still sort of strong anyway because it's obviously done a good a good good one today. But it's that gap that is is the big problem for every everybody else. But I think that's where McLaren can close that gap. I don't think they're going to close it completely, but I think they'll be able to reduce it from that point of view. And, I, and one guy we haven't really mentioned before the sprint, which is hasn't been quite as positive uh, as it was last year, maybe at the beginning of the year. And now it's an opportunity maybe in sort of having a bit of a reset after today's qualifying, going into the spring qualifying, is George. Yeah, isn't it? Russell, we haven't mentioned him yet, have we? No, and again, Lewis has sort of got, you know, a good, a good, you know, a good position for fourth on the grid, and George is there in three quarters in of a second, Johnny. Between the yeah, George under a bit of pressure yeah. recently, isn't he? But I think we've discussed this before. It just amazes me when you have a, a little change in the car and it completely twists it around and favours one over the other. It's amazing that Lewis has been able to sort of capitalise on that. So George will be very hungry, and as I said, maybe it's an opportunity for him to have a bit of a reset going into the qualifying for the sprint. And maybe get a, a you know a better result out of it, but it's going to be tough for him because it seems to be a theme at the present time where it just seems to be Lewis is always able to get that little something, a little bit like it used to be, I think, when he was in in his you know in his super heyday where he sort of you know put a hand in his pocket and he could always find a couple of tenths. Where now it seems to be it's George that's finding it hard to sort of find anything in his in his front pockets or his back pockets at the moment, and Lewis is still able to to dig it out but uh, but it shows the car you know is capable of getting getting itself in a good position so let's hope George has a better better day tomorrow and very briefly Aston Martin and I know they've sort of mentioned about they've had an app day and that seems to have confused them it hasn't hasn't benefited them like they thought so again the direction they were thinking they were going in a positive way has ended up being a negative it shows the two teams like McLaren and them that have gone in yeah. different directions without total McLaren have found a load of time and Aston yeah. Martin seem to think that some of their upgrades has lost them time. So it's not always as simple as bring an upgrade and go faster, is it? Absolutely not. And that's where sometimes, that's where the confusion comes in because you said it'd be a little, a little bit like where we were with the Mercedes. Had this different concept. They thought it was going to be fantastic. And it was absolutely awful when it came out. And it's taken them this long to be able to sort of get themselves in a better position. It's still not a good position where, you know, we always expect Mercedes and maybe Lewis and George to be. But it takes time and it's trying to find the next and the right direction to be able to benefit yourselves like something like McLaren. Very simply, have been able to find exactly what they need and that's where now they're on a on a better uh uh, situation of going in the right direction because they under, they're understanding understand the concept that they've got to maybe to you know to um, do new updates that will actually benefit them even more. So it's yeah, it's amazing how it's swapped around with Aston Martin for sure. Right, we're going to take a, a quick ad break, and when we come back, me and Johnny, we're going to get into the predictions for sprint race tomorrow off the back of what we've already seen in qualifying, and we'll give you our 
updates and our predictions that we made pre-recording this and pre-quali for the Sunday Grand Prix. So I hope that's all clear to you guys and we'll catch you just after this ad break. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Right, welcome back to the podcast, guys. So, Johnny, it's got to that time. It is predictions. Who is it? I like predictions. Yeah, I bet you do off the back of last week. You know, he's got it. Yeah. First, second and third, right, yeah. Woo! Boom! We've got that in there. I know. Thank goodness. <laughs> we know, I'm kind of <laughs> glad for our reputation. Yes, yes. I was starting to think that, are we the right people to be doing an F1? <laughs> yeah, no, but... I think we, we were getting battered. <laughs> by some of the choices that we did but we were we were sort of open to uh a little bit of a surprise i suppose from that point as well some of our some of our predictions yours was more, more to do trying to get a ferrari in your drive that was mainly your original and you see we've given up on that one completely but maybe this weekend is a change cars <laughs> <laughs> yes indeed but i think they will love you anyway for sure ferrari so, yeah, so it was great, yeah, for me, getting Max Lando, Sergio in Hungary was brilliant. I really thought Lando was going to lose that with Sergio closing him down like he did, but thankfully, Sergio seemed to run out of tyres, so that sort of benefited me. I could, I was sweating yeah. buckets Saturday, which is sprint yeah. race day out in Spa. We've obviously got a little bit of info off the back of what we've seen in qualifying, so it's not com- a completely no. unbiased prediction. What do you think is going to happen in terms of who do you think is going to finish on the podium in the, the sprint race tomorrow? Well, Max for sure. That's an yeah. absolute guarantee anyway. No hesitation. Uh, he's first in every prediction yeah, exactly. at the minute. Yeah. Well, who's going to finish first uh, for you? Max Verstappen. There you go. Yeah, so, yeah, we get that one out of the way. That one's done. Now it gets get tricky. Way. <laughs> now it gets tricky. Uh, I tell you what, I think it's it's probably similar, slightly what we we saw in in the qualifying itself. I reckon Sergio may be in a better position, maybe to get second this time around. Oh, Why do I, I say that? Because his race pace, I think his yeah. race pace will be able to drag him into that second place. It's a sprint race though, so shorter race in general. Shorter, but he's still his race pace itself is always better in 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 a race situation. So I think that that will be enough for him to to drag it into second place. And then for third place, the tricky one, I'll tell you what, I'm going to put, I'm going to throw Lewis in. Not bad, not bad. That's pretty similar to what I had down. I've got, again, a Red Bull 1-2, I think. I would yeah. sort of thought coming into this weekend, that would be, you know, the the way that things would go because of the, you know, the track record they've got here in the past. Um, yeah. 
I'm going to go for the sprint race prediction tomorrow. I'm going to chuck a McLaren in there. Ooh. I'm going to go Lando. Ah, I've got have you now? Going back to Lando. <laughs> Thanks for the sprint race. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, yeah. I, again, I kind of agree with what you said earlier in the podcast about, you know, McLaren probably having more opportunity yeah. to find more time if it's dry running tomorrow. And also Lando's good in the wet as well. So yes. as long as it's not mixed, like the conditions we had today, I think McLaren will be in a better spot. So that's what I'm going with. And it's going to be tight for that final podium position. I think. I don't. It's not going to be sort of. It's going to be. Stacked. Yeah, it's always always is. There's four teams now fighting for it, isn't there? Yeah, I think yeah. Which would be good because that's exactly what we want to see. We want to see this sprint race race actually work in a sprint formatty way, which is actually wheel to wheel battles. Exactly. And before we get into our prediction for that we've already made Sunday's Grand Prix, uh, I've just realised we haven't talked about one individual who's actually leaving a team and that's Otmar mm, yes, you know, yes now taking a step away from from Alpine yeah what do you make of that whole situation Otmar has been in Formula 1 for you know years and years he's mm. you know one of the key figures in the paddock how did you how did you see that did you see that coming at all or? well I tell you what did I see it? There's been a lot of change sort of going on over sort of the last month with Lauren Rossi sort of being moved aside and a few other changes going on as well um, and I have to go back probably, like I think many people have, back to 2022 when they lost Fernando Alonso and they lost Oscar Piastri. And that was on um, Otmar's watch. And I don't, I know that didn't go down very well at all. So I think that was sort of the start of this, this Damage to his reputation, process. didn't it? Yeah. And then I think we've got the start of 23. Well, I think there are a lot of positive vibes coming out of Endstone and that has not happened. It's been quite quite poor, I suppose. They've been like Aston Martin, haven't they, really? Where they yeah the season and they were looking, you know, comfortably clear of McLaren. They were looking Yeah. You know, they were going to be in the mix there for sort of, you know, fourth or fifth best team towards hopefully hopefully fourth. And now it looks like they've dropped, you know, probably down to like the sixth best team realist. Yeah, yeah. So. And, it, and it was the speed they lost it as well. It's like Aston, it sort of, it sort of, they hung on for longer, but it seemed to really sort of dis- disappear from, from, uh, from then very, very quickly. And I think with everything that's going on, I think with the, the, the future of what they want to do with Alp- Alpine, they, they found that they need to change it in, in a, in a way that gives them that, that possibility to do that. Alan Permain isn't, is leaving as well. And Alan was there. Actually, when I did Benetton in 1989, my first season in Formula 1, that's when Alan actually came in. And I think he was on electronics. I think when we had the, if I remember correctly, the electronic suspension uh, car that he was working on that. And then through sort of the years that have gone by, you know, he was a mechanic. Then he got himself in a position where he became a, an engineer. Well, I think he was an engineer with Fernando Alonso. I think it was in sort of 2005-06, something like that. And and he's been there for a long, long time. Gone through that positive time of Lotus when Kimi Kimi was able to win that race in Abu Dhabi. Um, and Alan's been a big part of sort of that. I don't know that growth of the team, but of course it stuttered a little bit. And it seems as if they want to refresh what they've got within Endstone. Some of the older, uh, like Alan, sort of being moved aside. That's what it seems like to me. So it's going to be interesting now who they sort of bring in to actually sort of strengthen 
their position to have a management that will actually move it in the direction that I think Alpine, Renault themselves uh, are, are expecting from the team. Because I think, you know, the pressure's always on. When the performances don't come, this is where you're going to be under pressure. And Otmar is one of those. Unfortunately, he's, you know, he's lost that lost that battle to stay in, in the job. That's the business, isn't it? It's if you don't see improvements coming and if you're falling down the pecking yeah, order, it is. And, you know, the amount of yeah. budgets and money that's being spent and the individuals eventually stomach needs to give. And it seems like that's been, unfortunately for Otmar, that's the position he's found himself in, in now. I'm sure with his experience and knowledge and his time he spent in Formula One, that some um, and one team or something will pop back up. Another opportunity will probably be there for someone like Otmar, I expect. But but it just seems like his time at Alpine for the time being is 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 done. Yeah, it is very much so. And uh, you know, hopefully it's it's a new beginning because we want to see a competitive pack. And Alpine aren't in that sort of competitive pack. They're not in that realistically in that top ten now as they were, like you've mentioned already, Billy. But I think it's it's something that probably had to happen. And as I said, I think it goes back to 22 when they lost Fernando Alonso and Oscar Piastri. Yeah, I agree. Right, final thing to wrap this podcast up, our sort of post-hungry, pre-spa podcast. We've got the prediction for the Grand Prix on Sunday. Yeah. So where did you go with this one, mate? Max. <laughs> I went Max as well. Yeah, I go for Max on on this one. Right, okay. See what I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go a little bit sort of uh, Hungarian. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna throw in a McLaren. Okay, and I still think from a race pace point of view, I'm gonna throw Lando. I reckon he could get a second again. From really, I casting. Yeah, I've seen the qualifier and where he's going to start. Yeah, three down in seven. I think race pace and the way that seems to use the tires. I think they might benefit with that downforce. I like, we were I like discussing. that. I like that. So, yeah, mainly so, because so, I think uh, Lando very bold, and that you know potentially that's not going to happen, and I might win a prediction. But Carol- <laughs> yeah, that I hope so. I hope so, Billy. That one third that I'm going to throw in third. Uh, I'm, I'm probably going to have to yeah I think I'm going to have to throw Lewis in there again just because I think they're they definitely improved on race pace where Ferrari haven't I think they still suffer and on these long radius corners here it's really hard on the tyre so I think that may be where it may be more difficult for Charles especially Carlos to, to get the best out of it so I'll throw yeah I'll throw Lewis in the third two Brits on the podium yeah I like that. I like that. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I haven't seen the qualifying that we've got and the grid we've now got for Sunday. Really? I, I want to put a Ferrari on my podium again, John. Of course you do. I want to put a red car and try one more but, time. But are you? This <laughs> is gonna, the question. Oh. I'm going to. I'm going Max. I'm going Checo. I'm going Charles Leclerc. Okay. Third. Yeah. Get that. So um, I, I just think, again, Red Bull, like I said, before we were earlier in the podcast, I think they're on for me. It's almost a guaranteed one-two. They're that Should good, be. yeah. And but yeah, obviously, you know, things can happen. There's no guarantees in Formula One, but that's where I'm at with it. You know, it's that's the logical decision in my head. If I have any form of capability of making a logical decision, and we're going for Charles Leclerc, no, I uh, think I completely understand it. I could, you know, it's logical. I think mine is logical to a degree. Mine's probably a little bit less logical only because Lando is seventh. 
So it's a little bit more of a fight. But equally, he's been on a good run of well, form. Well, yes. So. And then I go back to Hungary, and actually he sort of was able to sort of, you know, keep uh, Sergio behind. So it shows that Max is gone, but the second bread ball is, is still fragile to being sort of, I don't know, punished, let's say, while by another team. Yeah. Right. Well, there we go. Good. That's it. Prediction's done. See if uh, you're as successful as you was last time out. If you are, I might need to really invest some serious time into these predictions. Start, start handing out a few fivers to a few people to uh, to make this worth my while. It may, I'll take more than a fiver with these boys. That's what you It probably <laughs> yes. would, but that's all I've got. But yeah, I really enjoyed that one. I'm looking forward to a weekend in Spa yeah. full of plenty of action. Yeah, I do. You know, I hope the weather plays a, a part in the weekend again because this track, Whenever that weather sort of sort of comes in, it makes it so so tricky, and then it makes it even more difficult for the guys on track to get the best out of themselves, and it only makes it better for what us, the fans watching the race. So let's hope the weather, spa weather, sort of lingers a little bit longer. I'm up for it. I'm looking forward. Yeah, to, me too. Me too. To watching it. Thanks to everyone who's listened this far, and hope you all enjoyed that, and hope we can give a little bit of insight to you listening at home. And uh, yeah, we'll speak to you after the Spa Grand Prix weekend. Uh, so it's goodbye from me. Right, goodbye from me. Take care. Cheers. This is a Soapbox London and SBX Studios production. Our executive producers were Rowan Wilkinson and Andy Bell. Mm-hmm.